Thank you, Pastor Matt. So again, my name is Mireya. I'm the Director of College Ministries. Um, and before I get started, I actually want to welcome all of you who are online to hop on and sign in as a guest into the chat, um, or you can sign in with your full credentials and everything. Um, I'm going to need some online participation this morning. So if you can start doing that. Um, so yeah, today I'm going to be talking about beauty. Uh, so the first question that I want to ask you guys is, what do you think of when you hear the word beauty or beautiful? Um, for those of you online, like I said, type in the chat. Um, and I know that there's, there's a little delay, potentially. So I'll give you guys some um, of the things that I thought of when I heard this, I started to think about this. So um, I think beauty, I think of a woman. I think of beauty trends. I think of, you know, creation and all these different things outside. Um, sometimes I think of a really good meal and it's beautiful and it looks super appetizing. Um, so let's see what some of the people said in the chat. So Pastor Matt said he hiked the Grand Canyon this past week, and it was awesome, and I bet it was also beautiful. Um, let's see. Ben says, a colorful sunset. Hmm. Anybody else with some new comments? Um, appreciation for God's creation in humanity and earth. Thanks, Pastor Matt, for that pastor response. That was great. <laughs> Um, perfection, uh, Lori says, ugh, societal beauty standards, and Hannah says, truth. So those are some of the things that you guys said when you think, when you heard this word beauty or beautiful. And so I decided to do a little just like search on Unsplash, which is just like a website that goes like free images that people have taken. Um, so if you want to bring up the slide, these are the images that I found when I looked up the words beauty and beautiful. So the first three images are of just like the beauty industry, exactly what we were talking about. So this first one, we see a woman, and she's got this beautiful smile, and she's got these amazing eyelashes that we know aren't her natural eyelashes. But like, you know, that's a beauty trend that's going on right now. Um, in the second picture, we see a woman doing her makeup, and so she's putting on makeup, getting ready for her day. And then we look at the picture of cosmetics and the beauty industry. And then we see this beautiful mountain and the lake and just how beautiful that looks. And so those are some of the images of beauty and beautiful um, that come with just like the online world. Andrew in the chat also said extrinsic versus intrinsic beauty. And my sister Eileen said the amazing sun. And Carol Babe said, a sunrise over the mountains. So those are just some things to think about. Um, and so this morning, I want to get real with you guys today. Um, this idea of beauty has so much to unpack. And to be honest, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a woman talking about beauty, and that's a whole issue of itself. I think Lori said in the chat, she's like, clearly I've got a lot of baggage. It's okay, Lori, me too. <laughs> and so we'll process this together. But I want to ask you guys as a church, as the Holy Spirit leads me and I'm packing this to you guys, that you guys can open yourselves up to what might need to be unpacked on some of the things that you thought about beauty. And so I just ask that you have, let, ask the Holy Spirit to allow you to have the ears to hear and listen exactly what this sermon may be challenging you with today. 
And so as I begin, I just want to recognize that I am a 22-year-old woman of color, and that has impacted a lot of my beauty standards. My gender, my age, my ethnicity, and culture have defined a lot of my ideas of beauty. Um, there are some key things people say about um, my appearance in all these areas. Because I'm young, a lot of women tell me, oh, you're so beautiful. Um, like, your skin's so nice. You have such youthful skin. Um, some other things that people have said is, oh, your 20s are your prime. Like, this is the best you'll ever look in your life. Um, I've also, like, because of my, my gender, the most common compliment I get from people, strangers are, or even people I know is, oh, you look beautiful. Um, and, like, something about, like, my appearance is the first thing people notice. Um, and as a woman, those compliments come more often. It's more common to look at a woman and tell her, oh, you look beautiful, and that's an acceptable comment or a compliment. Um, and then because of my gender, I've been told, or sorry, I already said that. Um, and because of my Mexican heritage, I have been told how lucky I am to have beautiful thick hair and how lucky I am that I'm tan and I won't burn under the sun. Um, and I've also been told that when I speak Spanish, it sounds beautiful. And when I wear my Mexican traditional outfits or jewelry, people also always compliment that and say, wow, that's beautiful. Now, on the opposite side of that, uh, I may be young, but I'm overweight for my age. Um, I also have started to experience the wear and tear of the wrestling I did in high school. Yes, I did wrestling as a sport in high school, and that really has already given me a lot of injuries that I'm dealing with in my adulthood. Um, and, you know, I was also told that, like, in high school, I, like, was struggling with my ethnicity because of the beauty standards that told me that my brown skin was too dark. Uh, the beauty standards that told me that I was too hairy. Um, I had too many curves. I wasn't petite enough. Uh, I wanted green eyes so badly that I even bought color, colored contacts to change the color of my eyes because I thought my brown eyes weren't pretty enough. Um, I applied heat to my hair and combed it down whenever I wanted to dress up to tame the waves and the natural volume of my hair. And because of my culture and the struggles of being Mexican-American, I grew up being told, Galladita se mira mas bonita, which means you look prettier when you're quiet. And so I want you to think about your own ideas of beauty and some of the things you believe. And if you want to type that in the chat, you're welcome to do that. If that's too hard for you to think of right now, you know, just keep it in your mind as we go through this together. Some of the things that you were told to believe about yourself, about your beauty, some of the standards that people put in your life. Um, and maybe you can relate to my story, or maybe your story is different than mine. Um, however, we're all taught at a certain point beauty standards, whether that was directly or indirectly. And so as I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, so like there's beauty standards, and there's different beauty standards all over the world. I mean, um, the way we do our makeup here in the U.S. is completely different than the way people do makeup in Asia. And so it changes just from culture to culture. And so how do we define beauty? Um, what is the definition of beauty? Well, according to Merriam-Webster, beauty is the quality or aggregate of qualities in a person or thing that gives pleasure to the senses or pleasurably exalts the mind or spirit. Um, and that's a big, long definition, so let me break it down for you. Uh, beauty is a thing that gives pleasure to our senses, um, whether that is through sight, 
um, but it could also be experienced through sound. I mean, we heard Ed and his team playing, and they all sounded amazing, um, and that was beautiful to our ears. Um, you know, through taste, like I mentioned, I was like, I was thinking of a big meal as beautiful, <laughs> and it tastes good, right? And through touch and everything, that all our different sen senses can help us feel beauty in its own way. Um, but what does, what does God have to say about beauty? Um, well, let's start at the beginning. So the scripture I chose was Genesis chapter 1. And in this, God creates everything. Um, at the end of each creation, God looks at what God made and sees what? God sees that it was good. Um, and, you know, let's jump to verses 26 through 31. Um, I know we heard it, but I'm going to read it again because I think it's important to hear scripture a couple of times. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the, every living thing that moves on the earth. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And it was evening and there was evening and morning the sixth day. So in this scripture, it's highlighted three times um, that we were created in the image of God and that God created us. And after God created us, created us, it said God blessed us. And then God looked at everything God created and said it was very good. And so as I was thinking about that, I decided to look at the Spanish version of it. And the Spanish version for verse 31 says, Entonces Dios contempló todo lo que había hecho y vio que era muy, pero muy hermoso. And in this version, hermoso means beautiful. And so God saw this. God saw everything God created and said, it was so, so beautiful. And so knowing this, I want to ask you, would you look at God and the, you know, the God who intentionally made you in God's image, um, the God who called you very good and say to God, God, you messed up on me. God, why am I not as attractive as they are? God, why am I still single? God, why is my partner ignoring me? God, why am I so skinny, so fat, so short, so tall, so dark, so pale, so you fill in the blank? God, why am I ugly? And to be honest, those are some of the things that I've had to wrestle with myself, some of those questions I very truthfully asked God. And, you know, where does this idea of falling short of God's image come from? Um... Well, let's take a look at Genesis 3. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was delight to her, 
to the eyes. You could even say it was beautiful to her eyes. And the tree was desired to make one wise. She took its fruit and ate, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And when I read this, I felt like the serpent, this fruit, and the woman and man are kind of like a parallel to our struggles. Um, You know, like the serpent and this fruit being the societal beauty standards that we were given. And, you know, uh, we are the people in this story. And so before I dive a little deeper into this scripture, I want to highlight some of the cultural and societal standards that some of my friends shared with me as I was talking to them, telling them, oh, I'm going to be preaching about beauty, and I don't know where to start. Um, And I was asking them, you know, their own personal experiences with beauty. And so, um, yeah, as I begin to highlight these, you know, it's going to be some heavy topics, so I hope you guys can hang with me on this. Um, The female body has been used over and over to symbolize beauty. If you were to Google search beauty um, like I did, you would find lots of pictures of women, and you'll find that some of these women are naked in these pictures. And so this idea of beauty in our culture is tied to this idea of femininity. And so if I think we can like all agree that the female body has been extremely sexualized um, since the dawn of time. And our Christian community has reacted to this over-sexualization of women by asking our women to be modest in the way we dress, in the way we do our makeup, in the way we carry ourselves. However, this reaction towards the over-sexualization of women has led so much to so much harm for women with the female body. And so maybe you've heard of this term purity culture, and if you haven't, let me define it for you. So purity culture is a term, um, if you can bring up the slide, um, beauty, or purity culture is a term often used by the evangelical movement that attempts to promote a biblical view of purity by discouraging, dating, and promoting virginity before marriage, often through the use of tools such as purity pledges, such as purity rings, and events such as purity balls. Um, and if you haven't heard of a purity ball before, um, when I was researching this, um, it's basically an event done by the church where these young women um, walk down an aisle and they're wearing these white dresses and they're holding a bouquet of flowers. And if you were a virgin, your flowers had all its petals. But if you weren't, then your petals were ripped off. And so you were forced to walk around for everybody to know that you were no longer pure. And so what does this idea of purity culture have to do with beauty in the female body? Um, Well, truthfully, purity culture has affected men as well, but I think women have had the heavier end of the stick in the Christian community. Um, Females have, or purity culture for women has created this legalistic view that a woman is not valued if she's not a virgin before marriage. And purity culture has also been used to make women feel like, oh, like know that you are beautiful to God, but your beauty is a distraction, it's a sin because it's causing our men to fall and lust after you. So you need to cover up and feel ashamed that you're too beautiful or that you're too distracting, that you're too, you make men lust after you um, for having this body. And so it, it's just created a view 
for women that they believe that they're responsible for what happens to their body. Um, however, what happens when a woman is sexually abused? And, you know, that's a topic that the church doesn't want to talk about. But the reality is, if we're teaching women to cover up and to do these things, then why aren't we teaching men how to honor and respect a woman and value her and her body, um, even if she's not covered up? Because the reality is, you know, not every woman is going to be, like, a part of, like, the Christian culture. So there's going to be women who don't feel like covering up. And so what do we do when we have these men in our church who we don't teach to value that, that part of a woman and value her body? And the issue with purity culture is that it's tied to this beauty standard that a woman is valued if she is a virgin before marriage, but it's, it's tied to that variable. Um, and that uncontrollable va- variable at times it can be. So when we tie beauty to these variables, rather than tying beauty to the image of God that each of us bear, then we create a skewed image of beauty. And that's something that happens within our own community. And so, like, I don't want you guys to get me wrong on this. Scripture does say that we should not allow our bodies to be sexually immoral because we bear the image of God. But I ask our church, can we stop being the serpent or the fruit in this story and give grace to people even if they fall? And don't give them, don't remove the image of God or take away the right, their right to bear the image of God just because they've sinned in some way or another. Um, so headed back to scripture again. Um, there's something that the people realize. So after they ate the fruit, what did they realize? They realized that they were naked. And so why is this verse important? Um, if we pull up the slide that has Genesis 2:25, um, the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so scripture really wants us to realize that there's this difference that happens after the fall, that they were naked before and they didn't even realize it. And then now that they're clothed, or now that they've eaten of this fruit, they realize their shame and they realize that they're naked. And so this nakedness shows that their fall took them from blissful innocence to shame. And there's a point in our upbringing that we are carefree. I mean, children run around naked without a care in, a wor- in the world. Like, if you've ever been around kids, if you have kids of your own, we know that kids will just run around and do whatever they want and not feel ashamed about their bodies. Um, at a certain age, though, these kids begin to find things that they like and they want to dress themselves. And we've all seen kids dress themselves. If we can pull up the slide of, of the picture I have. They end up dressing like this. And we've all seen kids dress like this, and it's hilarious, and we laugh because we know that this boy, he loves everything that he's wearing. They're all his favorite things. He's wearing gloves. He's wearing two parts of two different costumes. He's holding a bat. He's got his pajama pants on, and it's humorous to us. Um, But, like, we also need to recognize that at some point, kids go from a carefree, expressive being to feeling shame about standing out and wearing what they find beautiful or that gives pleasure to them. And so, like the woman and man in the story, we make this realization when we start to eat the fruit of societal beauty standards. We get exposed to the world, and we just start to feel shame about the way we look when it doesn't match with what society tells us we should look like. 
our childlike innocence and appearance just completely goes away. And don't get me wrong, beauty trends can be very exciting. I mean, I intentionally wore this outfit. I mean, <laughs> I like picked out my entire outfit and I was very excited to wear this. I did my makeup, um, I curled my hair, I put on this dress, um, even a little more about like the beauty trends that I'm following. I mean, I have a tattoo and I have another tattoo and I have these piercings in my face and it's the beauty trends that are happening for my generation. And so sometimes like beauty trends can be fun and they can be inviting, but at the same time, beauty trends can also be very dangerous. Um, we in our wealthy country see beauty as a symbol of wealth. And the beauty industry is a $49.2 billion industry. And in the US alone, that's how much that, that industry produces. And so we, like the man and woman in the scripture, try to mask our imperfections to follow these beauty trends by covering up or enhancing our features that are already there. Um, in the US, our beauty standards lead to obsession and self-harm. Um, some people are so afraid of being tan that they avoid the sun or they use skin bleach. Some people are so obsessed with being fit that they develop eating disorders or they exercise in excess just to make their body look like something that their body probably can't even realistically achieve. Um, some people are so dissatisfied with their body that they end up getting plastic surgery. Um, and now the question is, is beauty something that we should strive for and what does true beauty even mean? Um, and how do we embrace the image of God within us and how do we accept ourselves? Well, the truth is, you are beautiful because you are made in the image of God. The evil in this world will try to tell us that we are flawed. Um, and remember that God uniquely crafted you and called you very good. Um, there is no beauty standard for God. I mean, think about it. As the human species, we all look extremely different from one another. Um, there's so many different people of cultural, different cultural backgrounds, different ethnicities, different, you know, face shapes, different noses, eyes, skin color, all these different things, and yet we were all created by God, and we all have the image of God. And we think about the environment around us. I mean, Pastor Matt said he went to the Grand Canyon, but the Grand Canyon's completely different than those mountains I showed you with the lake around it, and it's completely different than going to the Himalayas or going to Hawaii. It's completely all these different types of beauty, yet they are all beautiful because they were all created by God. And then we think about the animals of this world, and we love going to aquariums and zoos and just seeing the beauty of all these different types of animals. And so I want to harp on this idea that there is no beauty standard for God, that you're inherently beautiful because you were made in the image of God. And so to live into this, into this image, um, I think you should start by listing some things that you love and appreciate about yourself. I think we take a lot of time to think about oh, like my eyebrows aren't the same and like my face isn't symmetrical and like I need to put on this makeup to hover up these dark spots on my face or like the unevenness of my skin tone or I need to wear like something that's gonna make me look skinnier um, and all these things, but we don't think about like, well, I actually appreciate this about myself. Um, I appreciate that I have thick hair. Um, I appreciate that I have 
dark skin and thinking about things that you can appreciate about your own body. Um, and not only physically, but think about your character. Do you appreciate that you're a kind person? Do you appreciate that you're so willing to serve? Do you appreciate that you are empathetic to people and their stories? Do you appreciate that maybe you're a good listener or maybe that you are good at helping people navigate hard conversations? Um, and the truth is the most beautiful part of an individual is a person's soul because that's what God breathed into us. Um, you know, I, you know, in this like text that we just read, you know, we see that God breathed God's image into us. And so that's kind of indicating that, you know, our bodies are there and God made it beautiful by breathing that spirit in. And so I challenge you this week to express your beauty the same way you did as a child. Uh, just before you felt ashamed about your appearance. Um, I challenge you also to give grace to others who choose to dress differently than you and choose to express their beauty differently than you um, instead of bringing shame to people who may not um, have the same beauty standards as you do. Um, and then also just speak out loud five things that you're grateful to God for. Um, I think this will like help you just to have a sense of appreciation. Um, and also I challenge you to compliment someone and tell them what you appreciate about them. This will help you recognize the image of God in them. And so I just want to leave you with this reminder that you are beautiful because you bear God's image. Um, and nothing can take away the image of God that is within you. No sin, no beauty standards, nothing can remove that from you because you were created by God. So let's pray.